Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Totally Uncalled For. I'm your boy, Jack, and as always, I got my co-host, Dinger, with me. Let me get a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I'd like to welcome on a reoccurring guest that we've had on this show, one of our very favorites, Dick Picks, baby. Everybody give a round of applause. Thank you. How's it going? How's it going, boys? (laughs) Good to see you too, Dinger. Good to see you too. Well, Dick Picks, I'm very happy to have you back. Um, But it's I'm glad to be back, man. It's been too long. It really has been, but you know, it sucks that it's under these pretenses. Uh, You see, you've had a little bit of a disagreement with the tough guys in the last few months. And um, we wanted to bring you on so that you could voice your frustrations and why you disagree with us. No, we uh, wanted to bring him on to explain why he was wrong, you know, and basically so he can explain you know, why he was wrong. I don't think he's here to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm here to do that. He either. came on to apologize to us for giving us bad information and trying to hijack our league along with Matty Ice and Young City Vic. So we are here to, you know, I guess let him give his side of the story and if it's his opinion, because for whatever reason that apparently matters. But yeah. <laughs> um, well, Dinger, let's let's be uh, unbiased as we can here. You know, this is a a show of the people by the people for the people. So we must let the people speak. Cardi, um, why don't you give us a little overview of where your feelings lie and where your allegiances stand because I'd like to know. Well, okay. So listen, we, we did a vote on it and I'm perfectly happy to go with the group's vote. I like to give Dinger shit about it. Cause you know, you know how much fun it is to annoy Dinger, but of course, um, you know, so I like to give Dinger shit about it. Do I think that we made the correct decision? Absolutely not. Will <laughs> it, and what was that decision? Well, what the, was de- that decision? the decision was to go with a randomized <laughs> snake draft. And my, my issue with it, it's not so much the snake draft that I have an issue with. It's the randomization that I have an issue with. The simple, oh, one person clicked a, a button on the randomizer. And because of that, you know, all of a sudden there's eight players who I have absolutely 0% chance. And I mean 0% chance of even seeing in the draft. You know, that that's my issue. with it. It's not so much a fact of, oh, you know, I think that this way is so much better than this way. I think a snake draft is perfectly fine, but I just don't like the fact that it's completely random. Like that. So, Cardi, are you saying – so, see, this is what I had a pro- gave a proposition. I was saying that we did an insane four-layer competition. So, basically, what would happen was is we would all get to, we would all get to pick a golfer to compete in the Masters. And the order that would be used to pick the golfer that we wanted would be decided based off a beer pong tournament. And then the seeding for the beer pong tournament would be decided upon a snail race that each played with each team's number. And then whoever got to pick their, the particular snail they wanted to race for them would basically just be entered into numbers being pulled out of a hat. And everybody thought that was, like, too crazy or too complex. But yes, I, I Dinger, agree. <laughs> Dinger, this is why I self-medicate. Okay. <laughs> Jack, by the way, I, have, I, I know we're changing subject here, but I heard uh, your roommate Morph got you uh, some self-medication aids, one might say. Uh, yeah, 
uh, I, I finally got my astronaut helmet. And uh, we'll go. We'll maybe go into detail. Okay, okay. <laughs> that thing, yo, that but. that video was dope. Jack, <laughs> Houston, this is Jack Black. <laughs> We're at three diamonds here. Houston, all right, there, come back down. There, come back. Jack, down we, lost come back we, down lost down we lost them. We lost them. We lost them, man. We lost them. But um, so Cardi, I I definitely understand your frustrations with the uh. Oh, I can't get these people ahead of me. But what do you say if I were to tell you that all past win- winners of this league have all been people with picks in like the mid range between like six and ten? What What does that mean to you? If what does that say to you about well, what it says, the what it effectiveness says, of this draft? What it says to me is that there's a whole lot more that goes into winning the fantasy football league than just the draft, which we oh all know. oh but, oh but. When you say that, you also have to realize that having a good draft and being able to choose the players that you actually want to choose gives you a large heads up and a large advantage going into the start of the season. I'm not saying that whoever has the best draft is necessarily going to win the season. There's a lot that goes on. There's injuries. There's free agency. There's trade. There's a lot that goes on throughout the season. And obviously the people who have had those maybe not so great draft positions – have made moves that were necessary in order for them to get to a, a place where they could win the league. Well, you know, Cardi, as a two-time winner and the only winner amongst us right now, let me just say everybody had the opportunity to draft Todd Gurley when we drafted him at number 15 the first year that Max and I won our championship. And, you know, everybody had the opportunity to, to draft, you know, a player like – well, not everybody did, but a lot of people had the opportunity to draft David Johnson the year that we got him, and he went on to, you know, ball out. And, you know, a lot of drafts aren't won by, oh, wow, with Todd Gurley, we took the number one overall pick. A lot of times drafts are decided upon, you know, the, the risk you took in the second round where, or, you know, the risk that somebody took in the third round or, you know, that eighth or ninth round pick rookie that just turned out to be a baller for whatever reason, you know, or, you know, picking, picking a a, a tight end that nobody hears about who ends up being the number one tight end. You know, it's, it's not like, Oh wow. Since I didn't get Chris McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, or, um, I'm I'm my draft is ruined. Oh, there's no way I can win. And you know, Cardi, that, that sort of seems the attitude that you're having toward this is that since you think you're not going to be able to get Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, that you're just bitching and moaning, trying to create this entire new draft system where, where it, it's, you know, a lot of people don't want to be risking 250 plus or $500 if it's your, to your own team that you're putting up on, on something that they're not really familiar with. So while I think the auction draft, you know, does offer some intriguing possibilities in a new way to play the game, I think a lot of people want to, before we just jump right into it in a $5 league, you know, maybe want to create a separate league for a smaller amount of money and, you know, have that maybe be an eight or a 10 team league and, you know, maybe decide from there if we want to go full auction into both leagues. So, Cardi, that's where I think most of the quarrels are. I mean, especially with me and I think with Jack as well are in regards to this auction draft. And there's one thing I do want to say, Cardi, and obviously I gave a very far-fetched four-tiered possibility of how to determine picks. But 
I, I do think that, you know, the pick shouldn't just be, okay, everybody's name, type of the computer. Doop. I think some sort of competi- competition or something like that, you know, as, as seen on TV shows such as The League, like the first person to get air through airport security gets their first pick, their draft position. I think stuff like that would be, you know, very cool and another added element to and bringing this league to the next level. So I'm, I've offered suggestions and, you know, everybody – either isn't responding or is saying that's gay why don't we just go to auction draft and then i'm like hey guys like we're we don't judge in this podcast like don't use words and verbs such as gay or faggot when in (laughs) in my presence but (laughs) well well, listen 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 i i I hear everything that you're saying with this thing and i think that there already is a competition in place and it's called the fantasy football competition the previous year i mean the fact of the matter is the teams who did the absolute best, what is the one thing that stays constant amongst them? It's going to be their coaches, okay? Everybody's get, everybody gets all new players, but those coaches are the coaches that did the absolute best. Or so GMs. they should have the largest – or GMs, whatever you want to call it. They should have the greatest disadvantage going into the next year. And that's why I, I personally said if we're going to do Snake, let's do it reverse order. Caesar should definitely have the best advantage on this. He should get – First choice of anybody he wants. And I agree. Also, he's a with, fucking bodybuilder now. He, listen, this was the best thing for him. He doesn't deserve it, first place. It, it doesn't matter. First of all, nobody expected what happened. Yeah, no, nobody expected that to happen where <laughs> Caesar goes on and wins. And that's, that's great for Caesar. But, Dinger, as into your other point that you made a while ago on one of your rants, you know, you were saying, oh, the draft is usually one when you can, when you take that risk in the second or third round or something like that, and you reach on that one player. My question for you is, is it not easier in the second round to take a risk when you already know that you have a solid running back locked up in someone like in Ezekiel Elliott? Like, if you took Ezekiel Elliott... No, Cardi, Cardi, because, Cardi, because no. Because I went, I took a risk on Melvin Gordon, and I had taken a risk on OBJ, too. Both boomer bust injury prone players, and you know what? The it fact, worked out. The fact that Cardi, you're, the fact that you're no. considering OBJ and Melvin Gordon last year to be boomer bust player or not boomer bust to be risk that I mean, we clearly have a complete dis- disagreement on what a risk player is. I mean, I I thought for sure that Melvin Gordon was going to be a top ten running back no matter what last year. I thought OBJ was going to be a top ten wide receiver last year. In terms of total points or points per game, because both get injured and both miss games. And, you know, down the stretch, Melvin Gordon was sort of injured. And, it you know, it ruined our, you know, our our playoff. Luckily, we were uh, had a good enough record to where it did impact us overall getting to the playoffs. But, you know, he was already banged up and a little bit injured. So, by the time of the first game of the playoffs, you, you know, we had, we had injured Melvin Gordon on our squad. And, you know, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the best. So, yes, it ended up being a risk. What did OBJ do with a shitty quarterback? Not listen, much. The, he was listen, hardly in, a top that, eight receiver. And Dinger, Dinger, in that context, literally every player is a risk. Because literally every player has a chance of getting injured. Yes, some players oh, have okay. more risk every player gets than other. Get injured. What do you every mean? Every every player has the chance of getting injured. Jack, am I wrong on that? Oh, uh, you know my history. If you want to play exactly. injured, I'll draft them for you in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. but Cardi, there's, there's different players that come with different risks. There are, and I, that's what I just said. There are different risks. Now, again, Z I would Kelly not consider – doesn't get injured. I would not consider OBJ to be a risk factor if I'm drafting OBJ in the late – first round or early second round or something along would those lines. Would you say Gronk is a risk factor? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I thought that – now, granted, Gronk, I thought last year was a risk factor in the second round. In the third round, for what he has to produce to be a good third-round player, no, I didn't think he was that much of a risk. That's why in almost every one of my drafts last year, I had it said in my head, I'm not taking Gronk unless he falls to me in the third round. Now, granted, if, you're, if you were going to do that last year, you probably had to be one of the top picks anyways for him to fall to you in the third round. But that was my thought process on him. And it's all about weighing the risk of what that player has to produce at the position where you're willing to pick them, Dinger. Let's just let, let's shift the focus here because I think the main part of our disagreements is the fact that you are so quick to change the entire dynamic of the league when the league dues are very, very high. Oh, very I, I agree. And I, I, said, I said also I agreed with both you two when we were talking in the chat. I'm more than happy to bump the price down for us to give this new strat- this new style uh, a chance. But it was a matter of, you know, I'm willing to drop the price on it, but the rest of the group wasn't willing to go in a system that wasn't just a completely random, here you go, you happen to get Zeke or Christian McCaffrey because you a top three pick. Cardi, and- you know you're going to end up with like a top five pick this year. You're going to get the player that you wanted. And you're and you're not going to shut. And you got Kamara last year, Cardi. So I don't know why Correct. you're fucking bitching when Kamara is one of the top backs. Yes, but I got Kamara because I had. And you could have gotten McCaffrey too. I had Kamara rated higher than where almost anybody else had. I had Kamara rated as a top seven player. I would be a top seven. He fell to me. Was I like Dinger? You and I had this conversation the other day. You were under the impression that. I had made up my mind that I was going to end up getting Hopkins because I wasn't going to take one of those running backs that were behind that I didn't think. I didn't think there was any chance that Kamara was going to fall to me. Apparently, I had him rated higher than what everybody else did, and that's where I think the auction draft comes into play because literally all it is is you get to see exactly which person has each player rated where because if you have that person rated, Bid high. If you don't have him rated high, you're not going to bid high. Okay. Well, as Jack said, I guess we can save the fantasy talk as we're getting a little bit closer to our draft day, which is now being held at Casa del Dick Picks um, in, in Sebastian. Right. And live in, draft. Live draft. And it is apparently. That is true. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Catered by, by Huff and Puff? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Correct, Nick Nicholas Scala. He uh, I probably shouldn't be dropping a full name like that. But anyway, we'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. No worries. No, we Perfect. won't. Fuck him. <laughs> well, he's your brother, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the uh, the contact information for him today, so I'm going to be setting that up to where we're going to be getting it delivered. Um, I, Nick and I have already talked about. Nick's going to be helping me out with this since he lives right down the road. So. We're both going to set up my house in a way so that everybody has their own little stations where they can have their team at for the draft. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that we can have full teams here and we can have it set up to where it's actually a, a live draft room where, you know, we've got t- teams set up in different areas and they can go through and you can have your strategy talks and everything like that. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to be a part of a live draft. Uh, it's been a couple of years since a live draft was done. And if you guys will remember, uh, 
time does ta- change, but some things never do. Caesar was the laughing stock of that draft, if we all remember. <laughs> Everyone was picking on him. But this was the year that I think he drafted um, OBJ, OBJ and Mike and Evans, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans <laughs> when they were all rookies and shit. Wait, like, didn't who, didn't he? He had Calvin Benjamin. He had Calvin Benjamin, Mike that, Evans, AJ. Was, Green. I knew it was a I knew it was a Carolina Panthers receiver. He had Calvin uh, Benjamin, um, Mike Evans, Devontae. OBJ. Um, he had everyone. He had he had five. He had, he had five wide receivers. He was benching Calvin Benjamin or Mike Evans every week. Yeah. Like, and then eventually just gave up AJ Green for Adrian Peterson, and you know the rest was history. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he absolutely was, ran away with it. And, yeah, and he, and he ended up winning the whole thing. So you never know what can happen on draft day. You can be uh, the laughing stock at draft day, and you can turn out to be the champion of the league. Uh, I definitely. I'm very excited for this upcoming season, guys. Um, and with the Huff and Puff Wings at this live draft. Well, and first of all, here, here's the Oof. thing. Jack, you haven't experienced what? these. Huff and Puff! I haven't. I haven't. Huff and Puff! I like Huff and Puff! Yeah, yeah! Sorry. Okay, so Dinger, I guess, has experienced them, if I can figure that out. If Huff the Puff! Occur. It was technically but, um, my idea, and... Because Cardi's like, well, why don't we have the draft in Bureau? And I was like, yeah, bro, why don't we have it there and get Huff and Puff? And then Cardi actually proposed a legitimate plan and place of where to have it, where mine was just a theoretical troll. And, you know, now it's getting turned into <laughs> getting turned into a legitimate thing, and I, I couldn't be more thrilled. Mm-hmm. But, I, I yeah. agree. And not only not – only, well, I will give Dinger the credit. Dinger was the first one who said it, whether he – actually – I think Nick Scala might have been the first one to say it. No, I said Huff and Puff. You said Huff and Puff. Nick said, let's do it in Sebastian. And that was what got me thinking about it. And I was like, you know, honestly, going all the way down to South Florida, that doesn't make sense for legitimately half the group. And I get it. Yeah, it does. Jack, I'm sorry. (laughs) Jack, it's a five and a half hour, $100 drive for me to get down to South Florida. Luckily, uh, fucking Spirit Airlines had $49 tickets available. So that was the only reason that I was, like, I guess more willing to do it. And, too, because, you know, I love fantasy. I love football, as y'all know. So wow. so I was willing to, you know, take a, a shitty flight and not have to worry about You know, we, we, we cut at least an hour off of Max girl, Max's drive. We cut, what, probably two hours off your drive, Dinger? Uh, you two, know, I mean, two hours, 15 minutes, something like that, yeah. All the, yeah, all and the, you added about an hour and 30 to my, like, seven-minute drive. Okay, well, you shouldn't have had a seven-minute drive anyways. Oh, Dude, God it's forbid Jack has to drive an hour and a half when I'm driving two and a half. Jack is driving peaks. fucking four and a half. You know what Twin Peaks stands for? Listen. Cold beers and scenic views. You know, Jeff, 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 on Jeff, the scenic well, views. Jeff you, know, you know what you can't do at fucking Twin Peaks is medicate. As you're drafting. So, you know, this is something you could do at Casa de la Dick Picks. Well, Casa de la Dick Picks is going to be full-on business mode. I ain't coming there to fucking joke around and have a couple of huff and puffs with the boys. So we, I'm there to take freaking names. Okay, well, you know, uh, I will be huffing, puffing hard. Huffing and puffing hard, very much so. But... In regards to, you know, if there's going to be cool rules enacted. Like, so, like, oh, if you go over your 90 seconds, like Harrison Siegel 
fucking <laughs> another name drop. Fuck. But it's <laughs> 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 but it fucking Harry and Harry um takes like ninety seconds to draft this player like he does every goddamn round. Then we then, you know, he has to take a shot and by, you know, the fourth fucking pick, he's already inebriated and it sort of hurt it it sort of hurts his ability to draft. Where where in my instance in my instance, we have a veteran of being blacked out and drafting and doing very, very well getting a first place and a second place finish with not much help from Cherboy during the actual draft itself. And, you know, it's turned out great. So my partner and I won't have any problem with that rule. But, you know, you never know how people are going to pick when they're blacked out or drunk. So, yeah, Well, Dinger, I think you're making it very uh, easy on the people that won't be attending the live. Yeah, show. I agree with that one. <laughs> they don't have to deal with any Dingerness. Or any drinking and okay. All well, that I, stuff. I won. Okay, I sort of agree with that, but I I didn't. But I, I think every I team's like, going to be represented. I like the idea of maybe. maybe um, I think Dick, Dick. Before I let you go, uh, I think I like the idea of maybe chug a beer or take a shot to get like an extra fifteen or thirty seconds on your draft pick time. Like, oh, I'm down. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that, that amendment. Yeah. Look, like look. You, I'm a, I'm a very, time. I'm a very quick drafter. I mean, Dinger drafted behind me all last year, so drafted. Like, I my list of three players uh, who you know when picks away from me, I pick out. I'm. T- so, I never really have had an issue of going slow, so I'm perfectly fine with you guys want to do anything for people who take extra time or, you know, people who are taking forever, or if you just want to make Jack, like, you know, hit the bowl every, every, I'm down with that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, we really do like our cereal. Wolves, but, so Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess going from, from one, it's going to be super fun, crazy time to actually another crazy and wild story. So I, I brought this to the attention of, of Jack, and, you know, he had brought in the attention to dick pics. And it's about this Browns wide receiver who was recently signed. His name is Damon Sheesh Giuseppe. So, Damon Sheesh Giuseppe. I was actually really wondering story. how to pronounce that when I read it, by the way. Sheesh. I know it's Giuseppe. It's got He's got to have some Italian. Demond, in Italian I think name. I think we're gonna say Demond. Shaky, you said. Okay, so he just had a wild and crazy summer. So it started out, you know, last year he was a standout JUCO player at the Phoenix College. Legit sounds. Isn't like that a, the online? I was just about to like say. I think that's University of Phoenix, or I, I don't know, <laughs> but but yeah, I've seen Larry Fitzgerald like, or you know, somebody. I guess I guess Shaq is a, <laughs> has a doctorate from the Phoenix College, like an honorary uh, doctorate. Anyway, is it Phoenix College or University of Phoenix? He went to he I know... Phoenix College. This is is where is where Demond went. Okay. So Demond was a standout player, and you know, a lot of times, you know, it happened with one of my guys who's you know graduated from FSU and you know got signed on to the Seahawks practice squad of of all of all um, of all teams. But, Hell yeah. yeah, so anyway, they, you normally get a D1 scholarship. In Devon's case, he didn't. And he said, fuck it, I'm going to try to go pro. So he paid $100 for a CFL tryout. It, 
didn't make it, and then went to try out for the Arena Football League and didn't make that either. Then he somehow got the address to some NFL practice or some NFL, I guess, scouting combine where, you know, a lot of coaches or players, directors of player personnel will go and, you know, decide, okay, we're going to sign this guy. But he wasn't invited. So he schemed his way in by knowing that the Browns VP of personnel, <laughs> player personnel, Alonzo Hyman, would be there. So he researched the executive, everything about him and stuff like that, and somehow was able to get his way into the workout. At the workout, he ran a fucking 4-3-8. That's pretty goddamn fast, especially for a receiver. And the Browns, I guess, after that, decided that he balled and invited him to an actual tryout the week later. The one problem was he didn't have enough money to fly home or get a hotel room for the week for the practice. So he slept outside of a 24-hour gym and charged his phone at a laundromat when he was practicing at the Browns facility. He balled out at the tryout and actually earned a contract. So now he has a shot to catch passes from Baker Mayfield and line up opposite of OBJ. So I just wanted to shout out to this man with doing, you know, doing everything possible within his power, not coming up with any excuses of why he couldn't make it onto an NFL roster, and just going out and doing it, scheming his way, working his ass off, and doing stuff as far as to sleeping outside of a 24-hour fitness and charging his phone in a laundromat. I just wanted to applaud this dude, and you know, even if he doesn't make it in the NFL, he's going to be going places somewhere in life just based off of his drive and his work ethic. And, you know, this is what the NFL football, the NFL and the football league is all about. This is the stories that you don't get in the NBA. You don't get stories of undrafted players. You don't get stories of people who literally just go to college and scheme their way onto an NFL roster. You don't get stories about players that were interviewing jobs as a fucking dental sale, dental equipment salesman, end up paying $100 going to a draft and somehow ending up on the practice squad and becoming one of the best wide receivers in the game. I, just got, I feel like this is a Vikings reference here. That one in particular, the Vikings reference. But you don't get stories. <laughs> but you don't. But you don't get stories of players that were in the fucking D League or playing overseas. Come playing overseas until they were twenty six. Somehow making it onto an NBA roster and then taking that team to the NBA championship not once but twice and winning it once. I'm talking about. Chris, uh, Kurt Warner, he did that. You do not get those stories in the NBA. You get them in the NFL. People's dreams are achieved in the NFL. People's fucking colleges are paid for with the NFL. And no other sport offers the opportunity that the NFL does. Which is why I love it, which is why you love it, which is why we all fucking love it. It's not about the fucking Twitter. It's not about the fucking Instagram. It's not about the goddamn Facebook. Football fans are in the heart of America. Everybody loves football. They tune in, they watch on TV, NFL Network, Red Zone, fantasy football, gambling. This is why we love the goddamn NFL. And we are proud to present you with the top guy rankings for the, all the NFC, all the AFC, all their divisions. We're going to give you the win-loss totals and let you know who, what team is going to win more, what team is going to lose more. And goddamn, if you can't tell me, I'm fucking excited about football. Okay. All right. So We're going to take – yeah, I think so. We're going to take a quick commercial break on that note, Dinger. Thank you for uh, completely giving us your whole heart and soul there. <laughs> that was pure, pure Dinger, and I, I do appreciate it. Quick commercial break from Dinger. our sponsor, and we'll be right back. 
What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jack here, and I'm coming from Totally Uncalled For with our very new, very special product from our sponsor, Tough Guy Chill Pills. And I mean, if you've listened to this show, you know that we go on our rants a couple of times, some of us more than others. We won't name names, but what do we have to do to calm them down when things get a little rowdy, a little tough on the show? We take our Tough Guy Chill Pills. They are totally not FDA approved. They are totally maybe not safe. They are totally uncalled for, and they are totally free for our listeners. Subscribe to our page. Subscribe to our Instagram and Twitter. Get yourself some Tough Guy Chill Pills. Peace out. And we're back. Thank you, everybody, and thank you to our sponsors. Ding, are you all good? You, you yeah, took I'm a good. Couple deep luckily, luckily our, our sponsors were able to help me out a bit. Um, yep, awesome. But, you know, I'm so happy to it, hear it. it it's going to be hard to, you know, still contain myself um, once we get more into this football talk. I know. I know. And uh, clearly, as said, clearly, as you said, we were going to go into our uh, division previews. OK, and we are going to start with the AFC East. Very convenient that we brought you on dick picks this week because you are a Dolphins fan. So why don't I we am. start with our guest dinger, uh, dick picks. What do you think? about the AFC East. I want to go team by team, maybe give a little bit of insight to what they did this offseason, what's new, what's happening, and uh, then maybe give us your final rankings, what you think the, the standings are going to look like in the AFC East at the end of the, end of the season. Let's hear it. Okay. I mean, if we're going to talk about what they did this offseason, let's talk about mm-hmm. how three teams this offseason in the first round of the draft said, fuck Tom Brady, we're drafting a defensive tackle, an NT, either a deep, some sort of a defensive lineman who can put pressure on this guy. The yep. AFC East is trying to force Tom Brady out. I mean, it's not going to happen. He's Tom Brady. He's still going to be him. But they're all trying to finally combat him. I mean, they all three clearly made the conscious decision, hey, we're taking these defensive linemen because we know that we have to get pressure on this guy. We see him twice a year. And, you know, I, I do think that the AFC East is – getting better um as a division but it's still the patriots to win um let's face facts here but now i will say this i think and i I am biased on this i think the offseason winner of the afc east was the dolphins i don't think that they are going to be there at that level yet this year but i think that as far as who made the best moves this offseason i think it was the dolphins um between the draft and obviously you have to you have to encompass the josh rosen trade in that uh, I think that was just such value that we got for him. So uh, if you wanted to know where I'm going to rank it for this year, I mean, I've got my Dolphins. I, I love them to death, but I don't think this is the year for us. I think we're going to continue trying to be in that rebuild, but it's not going to be as bad as what everybody thinks it's going to be. I think that we're not going to you know, suck for two or anything like that. We're going to suck, and we're going to go ahead and get ourselves a solid draft pick. Um, and – I think that we're going to continue to work on the defense, which we've had a good, a good team on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, we'll see where we go from there. But I think the Dolphins will be ranked the last this year. Um, I think next year, starting next year, will be the time for them to actually come out of this rebuild uh, and see if Josh Rosen's actually worth it. But from there, um, I think right now the Bills have to be in third place in my mind. And then the Jets, uh, reason being for the Jets is I do think that Le'Veon, while I don't think that he will be as great in New York, 
he is still a game-changing running back who you have to account for. I mean, we've seen it for years, and then obviously the Patriots are just going to Patriot and they're going to do their thing. Although with Gronk retiring, who knows? But I, it, it's a difference of, oh, are they going to score? Is Tom Brady going to throw, you know, 40-plus or 39 touchdowns? Yeah. Uh, Cardi, I really like the, the rawness and the honesty that you portrayed there. You know, not being a homer, saying, bro, the Dolphins 12-4. and four. So, um, you know, I, I, I somewhat agree with what you are. You know, the Patriots are the cream of the crop of this division. Um, I, I think you got to rate them at number one. I, I don't think there's any way you can say they're not number one, especially coming off a of Super Bowl. People forget the Patriots had a few early round picks last year that got injured and never got to play. They're actually getting their first rounder from last year, a left tackle, back off the IR, fully healthy, didn't play one snap last year to possibly make up for the loss of Trent Brown, who went over to the uh, Oakland Raiders and became the highest paid tackle in the NFL. Um, and, you know, they drafted Keneal Harry or K. Neil Harry and picked up Demarius Thomas. Although you do know, you know, Keneal Harry was, you know, probably one of the most NFL ready wide receivers. I wouldn't say he has the biggest upside. And mm-hmm. we've seen the Patriots whip on first-round receivers before. So, sure. you know, it could, be, it could be an instance like that. But I personally think that he's too big, he's too talented to bust. It, it remains to be seen if he's going to be one of Brady's favorite targets. And they got Demarius Thomas, who is coming off an Achilles or an ACL. I'm not sure yes. which one, which is a tough injury to come back from. And we've seen the Patriots sign old receivers from – old all-star receivers from other teams in it not work out. But we've also seen it work out. I'm not saying it's going to be like Randy Moss circa 2007, but it could be something that we could see. So I, I sort of see the Patriots season going, you know, struggling early, figuring out how to adjust without Gronk, and then figuring it out later in the year and everybody saying the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl to losing to maybe the Dolphins in Miami later in the season to everybody saying they're done to them winning in the playoffs again. So well, it's I, be... I think the loss to Miami is basically a, a given. I mean, they lose to us once a year anyways, every year. Yeah, so that's <laughs> like that. But it's Cardi, this is where I disagree with you. I think the Bills are going to be second place in the division, and I think they're going to be actually contending for a wild card spot. And before you say the Bills, let's just put it in perspective. <clears throat> Doug McDermott is a good head coach, and yes, he is the typical meathead defensive coach and not really the offensive coach that's going to, yes, teach Josh Allen the ropes. But Josh Allen was presently surprising last year. I was very surprised by his elite athleticism that he showed. And obviously the arm strength and him throwing it a mile and being super tall was a given. But I think he's going to surprise some more people this year. I I don't – I mean, I still think he's going to have his turnovers and throw his interceptions, but I think he's going to be a pleasant surprise. And if they can offload that Shady McCoy contract and, you know, give some of these other young running backs a chance to flourish – along with all the receivers that they drafted this year, I'm excited about the Buffalo offense, not to be anything crazy, but, you know, to possibly be among the league average. And people forget their defense last year was number two in overall yardage, the number two defense in overall yardage. And a lot of people don't really, I guess, recognize that, but the Bills had a solid defense last year, led by Doug McDermott and a lot of good veteran pass rushers. So I think the Bills, so going to be a nine and seven team in eight and eight team this year. The Jets are the Jets are probably going to be third place, nothing special, and I think the Dolphins are going to be last in this division. 
So, mm-hmm. Jack, I- I'm going to let you give your thoughts before I we start going into betting the unders and overs and our thoughts on each of those. So, how do you think the division is going to play out? Well, Dinger, um, so it seems like we're all in agreement on the bookends, the one and the four. Uh, I, I think the Patriots are still going to Patriot and the Dolphins are still going to Dolphin. Um, although some people would ask for some elaboration on that, but I think if you know football and you watch football, there's no need to go any further into detail. The Dolphins are going to win maybe five games, um, six if they're lucky. Uh, no one sees them winning six games. But um, I think what the what's really up in the air is between the Jets and the Bills, as you guys have been saying. And the Jets have made some good moves this offseason. Uh, they brought in Le'Veon Bell, who can transform an offense and can definitely be the best possible thing for Sam Darnold's development. I agree um, with that. He he really helps with the check down. So um, no matter when all said is done, like you can always just check him down to Le'Veon Bell's. Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, but who knows? Le'Veon Bell's his production is way up in the air. No one really knows how he's going to be this year. Um, I definitely can see. Uh, I I liked Josh Allen the best out of that draft class. Uh, I always said that I liked Josh Allen more than Sam Darnold, more than. Josh Rosen, uh, I thought he showed the most potential. And like you said, Dinger, the most athleticism. He he shoulders into those big hits from the defensive backs and from the linebackers. And uh, he, he's not afraid to, to run with the ball. And also, as we all have seen, he's got a cannon. So I think he's got the most potential. If you can build it around him and get him some uh, some – formidable weapons, I definitely think the Bills have a chance to be that number yeah. two seed, like, I, like I, you were saying, Dick. I think he could play circa 2012-2011 Colin Kaepernick. Um, before all the drama and, you know, when he was uh, a running threat, a, a scrambler, a scrambling threat, and had a fucking cannon of an arm. And I think his arm's even maybe even stronger than Kaepernick's was. But I think, you know, that's his ceiling or, you know, who he should strive to play after. And people forget he helped lead them to a, an NFC championship game where they lost to Seattle and then a Super Bowl. So um, he, he was, in fact, a good player before a lot of people figured out the whole read option thing. So, you know, maybe taking that on could be Josh Allen. But I think we're going to go right into the under-over totals and then hop right into the NFC East. So yeah, we sure. got the New England Patriots at 11 wins at minus 130. So I don't know about your thoughts on this. I would have to lean the over because I don't see the Patriots winning only 10 games. But at minus 130, I don't think there's any value. To me, this is a typical under-over that you stay away from. I think 11 is probably perfect when it comes to over and under wins. Cardi, Jack, what are your thoughts? Jack, I'll let you go first on this one. Okay, so I I definitely think 10-6 and will be enough to win the AFC East. So that's why uh, if you wanted to take a gamble and go on the under, it would be a, a good gamble. Cause that's what we're doing here. We're, we're sports betting. Uh, but I, I definitely think 11 is the cap for this, the, the Patriots this season. I, I can't see them going 12 and four being that elite Patriots team as they have been. There's gotta be some fall off at some point here. Uh, I just don't see it, but I, I don't, like you said, Dan, this might be one that we just stay away from 11 wins might be where they end up. And I, I tend I tend to agree with the under. Um, I think I, I don't see them getting to 11 wins necessarily. Um, and my, my reason for it is because, like I said, I do think that bare minimum, uh, the rest of the AFC East, even if you want to say whatever you want to say about the Dolphins as a team, 
the rest of the AFC East has strong defense in there. And, you know, the Patriots have to play them twice a year. I could very easily see them losing two in-conference games, um, you know, and then to top it off with, with that, Tom Brady, like you said, he's getting old now. I mean, how much longer until Tom Brady's finally going to be done? Okay, that's, there's one thing that I always say. You don't bet against Tom Brady and you don't bet against Bill Belichick having some of the best against the spread records in the history of the NFL. So, I mean, while, while the under, we're all saying, oh, the Patriots are still winning the division, but they're going to get 10 wins. In all, like, in all likelihood, it's going to be a push. Um, mm. But I just don't put my money against Tom Brady, um, period. <laughs> so, for me, I would stay away. But, I mean, I could easily see 10 and 6 as I could see 12 and 4. But in reality, it's probably going to be a push and, you know, is it a push when be. you bet the over under? Is it a push? If it's a if it's a whole number. So in this case, eleven is the whole number. So yes, if the if the Patriots were eleven, well, it would be a push. That's the only way it could fucking tie and push. Dinger, you can't push at ten and a half. <laughs> okay, well, you just is... were asking if you could push in an under and over. So well, yes, you can. In some, yeah, you can tie. But what I'm saying is, some bets like this with propositions and futures, you don't win. Or I mean, that's a loss. If you don't go over 11 wins, that's technically not going over 11 wins, right? You got 11. Okay, well, so no. It, in this loss. instance, in this instance, and on the book that we use, Shit Castle, um, shout out our sponsor. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, it's a push. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I will not be betting this one. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are at over under a five wins plus with- 120. Yes, plus one twenty for over. So the under is favored on this one, Cardi. What, do you think this is respectful, or or what do you say? Um, I think that it's probably somewhere where the Dolphins need to be right now. Uh, if it, if I were told, hey, you have to bet on this one right here, I, I'm betting the over on it, and for the simple reason of, you know, a uh, we have Fitzmagic, who, granted, I don't think that he's going to do anything, but. Fitzmagic can come out of anywhere and win two or three games, throwing yeah. the ball, throwing the ball for 500 yards per game. We saw it last. <laughs> we saw it last year. I mean, the first three <laughs> yeah. games, the first three games, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like they were the best team in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. so, the best offense in the NFL. Their yes, correct. Was trash. Correct. Which is why he was I, throwing I, 50 times a game. <laughs> correct. But I also think that you combine uh, Fitzmagic with the Dolphins' defense, which was already – I think they were number one or number two in the league in takeaways last year, which, as Dinger's pointed out to me a bunch of times, oh, you can't expect that to repeat. You can't expect that to repeat. But the fact of the matter is is that we've got a solid defense behind there, another solid uh, defensive tackle. You know, fits magic, fits magic there. We've got the speed at the receiver position. I think the Dolphins could very easily hit this over. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily going to bet it. Um, but like I said, out of anywhere, Fitzmagic could come out and win three games, and all of a sudden you're looking at it like, oh, shit, this is going to be the easiest over ever. Yeah, and that division is very uh, competitive. No matter what the disparity of talent is, it's always competitive. You can basically give the Dolphins three division wins. I, I mean, agree with that. Like, they're usually good for one and one across the board with – uh, like sometimes they can go two and zero. Sometimes they'll go zero and two to the Patriots. But for the most part, they're one and one through the division. So, uh, Cardi, are there three non-division games off the top of your head that you can foresee them winning? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really know what the Dolphins' schedule okay, is right now. Okay, so the Dolphins, the Dolphins were in 
third place in the division if I believe if I'm if I'm no or second place. No, we were in second place. So they would have the Steelers. Well, I think they have the NFC North. So they're going to have the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Ravens, and then they're going to have the Chargers and the Colts. So Colts, Chargers, losses. Browns. I, I I'm not a Browns dick sucker, but I think in that instance, the Browns probably beat the Dolphins. And the Ravens. We, we do. We do, get, we do get the Redskins at home. Um, and, yeah. So. Okay. So, I can see you beating the Redskins, and I can also see you beating the Bengals. So, I mean, five might be the sweet spot. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but um, case, oh, also, case. also, I'd like to point out the Dolphins do also get the Giants next year as well. Oh, yeah, they get the well. they get the Giants, and they so they get the NFC East, the AFC North, and then the Colts and the Chargers, which are both losses. But, Cardi, I'm going to have to disagree with you again here. I'm going to have to say the under is probably the move to bet. Um, You know, there's probably a little added juice. And, again, honestly, I don't really like any of the under-overs when it comes to the the AFC East. But if I had to bet it, I would probably take the under. I think, like we both are all saying, five is probably the sweet spot in Vegas, and they they try to put you in this position – as much as possible, but I don't know if I really see the Dolphins winning six games. Actually, I know for a fact I don't see the Dolphins winning six games. Um, you know, Fitzmagic probably is good for two wins early in the season, and then after that he's going to throw five picks and against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're going to be moving on to Josh Rosen. So a lot of this is relying on Josh Rosen, and I don't know if the Dolphins have the talent at running back, offensive line, or even receiver to compete or to, you know, make him look good enough to maybe stay this season. And I know the NFL is not a tanking league, so I'm not worried about that in terms of the Dolphins, but they are also having a rookie head coach, a rookie Patriots head coach. And as we've seen it, they really haven't been so successful on their own. If you look at Josh McDaniels, um, I mean, I guess Bill O'Brien, but Bill O'Brien left, went to Penn state and then went to the Houston Texans. And he's, Met with limited success, so I don't well, know. If I, I do have a question for you. So, realistically, you know, the Dolphins had seven wins last year. Do you really think that uh, Ryan Tannehill was that much better than what either Fitzmagic or Josh Rosen will be? That's the yes, question. I yes, think. I honestly, I think Tannehill is severely underrated as a quarterback. I just think the thing that hurt him is you were paying him, you know, 16, 17 million, maybe more, which in the scheme of things now isn't that bad. But how many games are you getting him for more each year? Six, eight, maybe? He couldn't stay on the field. He couldn't stay healthy. But when he was healthy, the Dolphins were always, you know, a sneaky good team somehow. And I guess Matt Moore is a, is a, a more than adequate backup. But, you know, having Tannehill only start 10, eight to 10 games every year was getting a little old for the Dolphins. And I think for them, it was just time to move on. Cardi, is that not true? Did Tim Hale not get injured like almost every year? And I think the no, one he year did. that he did, the one no. year he did get injured, they went like 10 and six and made the playoffs. Yes, and we, and we won the playoffs, correct. But Tannehill is also, like I said, Tannehill has always benefited from the Dolphins having a strong defense that backs him up. I mean, Tannehill the Dolphins have never had a top five defense since, since Tannehill's been quarterback. Have they been around a 12? 
I didn't, I didn't say they had to have a top five, but I mean, they could still have a strong defense that gets them turnovers. I mean, last year we saw it time and time again where teams would get down into the red zone and the Dolphins would uh, snag a turnover or something like that. You know how many games that, that wins you? You know, no. I guess it worked. I guess it worked out for the Dolphins against the Raiders last year, but, <laughs> but I, I, Cody, I, 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 we, I mean, we're right. talking way too much about a team that doesn't matter right now. But this, um, And these are our predictions. It doesn't need much debate, guys. We'll debate it throughout the season. Uh, I, I love the, the excitement and the hostility almost, but uh, we, we have to move mm-hmm. on to the next pick. Let's go okay. look at the Jets first. The Jets are at a uh, seven. seven over under with Minus the over being very heavily favorited. Um, honestly... This is fishy to me because over seven seems like a lock, but I can I, see him going seven to nine. Yeah, no, I think I think that one of these. I only think so. In and the Jets, I think they're both at seven. I think the Bills are at a minus one twenty-five. They are. So I think only one of these teams actually gets over the seven-win mark. So it's which one do you think is going to go over? So in your guys' yeah. instance, do you think it could be the Jets? And I personally think it's the Bills. I think the Bills are going to go nine and seven. I actually really like the Bills at minus one twenty-five at seven. I don't see them really being a six-win team. I see them more to the seven to eight to nine range. So for me, this would be something that I would bet, and actually probably am the Bills over seven wins. But the Jets. Wait, we, would, we said the Jets. I thought. Yeah, well, both I, of them. We're looking both at both of them, them are together, seven, basically. and it, it's, gotcha. it's in. It's you go one way, you're going the other way on the other one. You know, yeah. Bo- if you wanted to double down, you would eight. take over seven on the Bills and under seven on the Jets, or vice versa, and you can get both ends. Well, so here, here's my issue with the. I'm going to talk about the Jets first. Uh, so yes, I did say I think the Jets are the second best team in the AFC East, but uh, you know, now I'm looking sitting here looking at this schedule that they have. I mean, they start off, they have the Bills at home, so you know that's definitely a winnable game. I think that should be a good matchup. Then they got the Browns, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Jags. I mean, that's a brutal stretch right Jesus there. Jesus Christ. For the Jets, yeah. right? Yes, for the Jets. And then, Jeez. yes, they do They do get the Dolphins and the Giants and the Redskins all in a row. But, I mean, then they end the season off again with uh, Ravens, Steelers, and then the Bills. And, I mean, that last game right there, that could, that could have – you know, second place in the division implications. I don't think that any other team besides the Patriots making the playoffs. Like, I completely disagree with Dinger earlier stating that he thought the Bills were going to be a viable uh, wild card team. I think, I think every other, I think every other team besides the Patriots is going to be in that six to eight range wins spot. Yeah, and honestly, the after you just went over the Jets schedule, I, I, I think the Jets are going to be. You got to hammer that under. I, I think you hammer that under. They're going to have a hard time. And if the only saving grace that they'll have is that the Dolphins really are trash and the Jets get to sweep them. That's really the only chance they have. And I don't think the Jets are good enough to sweep the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will at least get one of those. So I agree. I definitely think take the under on the Jets, over on the the Bills, get yourself double layer beefy crunch wrap supreme or something like that at taco bell <laughs> anyways that's what we got for our afc east uh we're all in agreement that the patriots are winning this division and the dolphins are not going to come anywhere close to third place but second and third place is going to be a toss-up let's move on to the nfc east guys what do we got this is a little bit uh there's a lot of shake-up in this division over uh the offseason um the cowboys brought in 
uh, Randall Cobb, and they actually just released Alan Hearns today, or they just let him go to free agency, whatever the hell the case may be. I think it was a mutual part. Um, Alan Hearns wanted to test the field, but bring Randall Cobb into there to go alongside Amari Cooper. What do you think about the Cowboys, Dinger? So, you know, if I was going to go rankings in this division, as much as I hate to say, I think there's two playoff teams in this division. I think it's the Eagles and I think it's the Cowboys. But personally, I think the Eagles are going to come back with a vengeance this year, as much as I hate to say it, just based off their roster. I think they have one of the best rosters. I think the Cowboys have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And personally, I just think you got to go with the better coach and the better quarterback. Um, you know, we know Doug Peterson is a good coach, not because he won a Super Bowl, but because he won a Super Bowl in turmoil. His star quarterback, MVP candidate Carson Wentz, went down and he won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. And then parlay it with the next year, they stole the Vikings um, position in the playoffs and beat the Bears at the Bears. Yes, you know, they were the product of a, of a double doink. And, you know, but they also came in – the Saints, they were also uh, Alshon Jeffrey missed catch away from going to another NFC championship game. So I really like the Eagles, and I, I will get to their win total. I'm taking the over, but I think the Eagles are going to win this division. I think the Eagles are probably going to be an 11 and 5, 12 and 4, maybe even 13 and 3. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the NFL this year if they can stay healthy, which is a big if Oof. because now they don't have a backup quarterback and Carson Wentz has basically shown us he's gotten injured season ending every year, two years besides his rookie year. So I mean, is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's that's my question on the Eagles. But if I was going to have to put my money on, I'm going to have to say Eagles win the division. Cowboys second. I think the roster speaks for itself. I think this Zeke uh, possible holdout is honestly the biggest fucking slap in the face Jared Jones could ever get from one of his players. Ha- not only has Zeke not been paid a lot in terms of running backs, being a fourth or fifth over- overall pick in the first round, but he has every single year in the- when he's been in the NFL have been deal has been dealing with some sort of controversy off the field and you have and you know who has been in had your back the entire fucking time jerry, jerry jones. jones jerry jones has had his back jerry jones loves zeke elliott like a son almost and you have the audacity to say you're gonna sit at you're gonna sit out or hold out two years from you getting a new contract you have two more years on your current contract two years ahead of it you're gonna say you're gonna sit out or you're gonna hold out after all this controversy every year it's okay. ripping the girls' top down. That's a slap in the face. So I don't think he's going to hold out. I think he's going to be there. And I think the Cowboys are going to be good, 10-6, and six, maybe even 11-5. and five. I think this is going to be one of the top-heavy division. And then I'm going to round it out with the Giants and the Redskins, two bottom-of-the-barrel teams. Redskins are probably a two-win team. And uh, the Giants aren't much better. So, sorry, guys. I, I stretched it on. I had to get the Zeke, you're not, why you holding out type bullshit. But you guys can go ahead. Well, so now, just to follow that up, okay, first of all, I think saying that the, the Eagles are going to be 13 or 14 wins, that is – I said 12 or 13 wins, Cardi, okay? Oh, did you say 12 or 13? I still think that's a lot of wins. I mean, this is, a, this is a division where the winner every year could very easily be 8 and 8 because they beat each other up every year. I mean, it, it's like 
It's like the AFC East. If the AFC East yeah, didn't look out have, for Eli. Didn't have the Patriots. No, I'm not Cole saying McCoy. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is that these teams do beat each other up every year. And is it not almost every year that the winner of this maybe has ten wins? Uh, you know, for whatever reason, the teams they play down to one another, they play up to the other one's level. These teams hate each other. I mean, there is no question about that. So I, I agree with Dinger. I do think that the Eagles will likely win this division if they stay healthy. However, I think that the Cowboys and the Eagles will be both right there around that 10 win mark. I don't really see them getting more than 10, maybe 11 absolute tops. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason why, why I'm, I say that is because, A, I don't think Zeke's going to hold out. Um, my reason behind that is because we all saw what happened to Le'Veon last year. I mean – that did not pay off for him. They, uh, I'm sure Zeke watched that very carefully. And I think he has Zeke's two years, get... not one year, two years. He's not even a free agent I, next year. And I, he's getting paid ten million next year. I I think Zeke's going to get his get his contract. I think that he's going to play. I mean, first of all, the Cowboys have built this team around Zeke, so they're not going to let Zeke hold out. It's just not going to happen. Now, the Steelers was a different case because they hadn't necessarily built the team around Le'Veon. We saw very clearly that you could plug in James Conner there. And I'm sure you could probably plug in another running back instead of Zeke, and they'll do fine But behind that offensive line. But Zeke they're not going to be Zeke. Zeke is special. So the Cow- Jerry Jones is going to pay Zeke. He, we're not going to see a holdout. And I think the Cowboys are going to be right there competing with the Eagles. It could very easily come down to uh, whatever the final game is between them. I think the two of them usually play each other like in one of the last weeks of the season. So it could very easily come down to that. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I do think Philadelphia has a slight edge, but I'm pretty sure Philly, Philly also has a higher win projection. So is that correct, Dinger? I'm sorry, Cardi. What's, what's Philly's over-under on the wins? So Philly's under-over. And what's, what's the Cowboys? So the, I think they're both the same. So Dallas Cowboys are at a nine win, at, over nine wins at plus 100. And the Eagles are at nine wins as well. Nine but, and a half. Eagles, nine and a half. Well, I'm okay. looking at it at least. That's what I see. Yeah. Too, Philadelphia has nine and a half at minus one seventy five, which is a lot of juice. But I would still it take is. the over on both. Right there, and then I think it's probably going to be like you said. It'll be the Giants are in third. The Redskins are in fourth. I mean, nobody really cares about either of those teams. Um, and, but I, again, I could very easily see both the Cowboys and the Eagles duking it out in the last couple of weeks to see who's going to get that playoff spot. That's usually how it goes in this division. I mean, like you guys have said, um, it's going to be closed between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I, for one, I think it's going to all come down to is Carson Wentz going to come back and actually use his legs like he did in that MVP caliber season that he had. Um, went before he went down to injury last season, he was a shell of himself. He still had that arm strength, but what set him apart from the rest of the players was that he could scramble and he can make things happen with his legs. Last season, it looked like he was scared to get hit, and rightfully so. I mean, you, you fucking blow your knee out, and you're gonna be afraid to get hit and do it again. I, I can guarantee that, and I can understand, but that's what it's gonna come down to. I think Cowboys have a hell of a lot of weapons, and the Eagles do as well. So it's going to come down to is Carson Wentz fully healthy 
not only in his knees, but also in between the ears because he's got to get into that mentality that he had when he was slinging the ball, he, scrambling in the pocket, and making things happen. He's got to be able to use his legs. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. And honestly, um, I, I think the Giants are going to be worse than the Redskins. I, I The only thing that they have it, above – the Redskins, I think, is Saquon Barkley. I think is... the Giants' offensive line is much improved. I'm not going to lie. I, I just think Eli just th- is either too scared to get hit <laughs> I, and stay I think in the pocket, Eli... and Saquon's elite. Yeah, so, and, but if you recall, um, the Redskins looked to have major upside when they had Alex Smith and Samaj P. Ryan the uh, rookie who ended up tearing his ACL. He showed a lot it, of promise. So it was not Samaj P. P. Ryan? Well, I guess they had two rookies that tore their ACL. Samaj P. Ryan tore his ACL, and he had promise. And they also have Ladarius Geis from LSU, yes, who, who was a yeah, second-round pick, pick. Yeah, who also who tore his ACL. Before the and, season, and, yes. Yeah, and now they brought in, uh, what is it, Bryce Love or whatever his mm-hmm. name is? They might, I think they might have brought in Bryce Love. And then they still have Adrian Peterson, who's a 1,000-yard rusher on the roster. Exactly. And, you know, so, AP is AP. And, you know, he's AP. You know, and Adrian Peterson, all day. And, um, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't want to quote uh, Vic and Matty Ice on this show too much. But in this situation, do, does the running back really matter too much when the whole team is shit? No? Maybe? I mean, I don't know. So I, I think maybe it's going to be Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants. Sorry, Giants fans out there, but I don't think it's looking good for you guys. Let's talk over-unders now, Dinger. We already went a little bit into detail on the over-under on the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles. Are we all in agreement? I, I think, I think Cowboys? Cowboys, Cowboys definitely over. Eagles I'm a little bit more wary of, but yes. I would probably take Eagles uh, on the over as well. Yes, but then when it comes to our – uh, Redskins, where are they at? They are at six and a half. Dinger, what are you th- thinking on over under six and a half? I think under. What the fuck? I think for the Redskins, you got to go under on the six and a half. Um, I know. hate Dwayne Haskins, so I, I mean, I can't see him getting more than six wins. I mean, he couldn't even fucking beat Purdue. I think the Giants under six probably pretty good too. I think. You know, it's going to be overs on the top and unders on the bottom. I, I think uh, of, of these I'm going to bet, I'll probably bet the Cowboys over nine just because you get your even money. I think that's solid. Um, You know, it's hard for me to bet the Eagles at minus 175, even at nine and a half when I don't think they're – I don't think they're losing seven games this year. But you never know. There could be an injury. So – um, but I, you know, you still got to go with the over in that instance. So, uh, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. Cardi, do you think the Redskins are going to get over six wins, six, yeah. over six wins? Absolutely. Six not. and a half. Oh, the Redskins so- have a very tough opening schedule with the Eagles, Cowboys, the Bears, Giants suck, the Patriots, the mighty Dolphins of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Niners and Vikings. I mean, come on now. Exactly. So. Uh, the Redskins have a very tough schedule. I can't even see them getting five wins, like you said, Cardi. I wouldn't be be surprised if the Redskins started off the season like 0-7. I mean, 1-2-3. Maybe they beat the Giants. Maybe they beat the Dolphins. I don't really see them beating the 49ers or the Vikings or the Patriots or the Bears. So, uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I could very easily see them starting like zero and seven or something like that. I I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, but uh, all this talk about football has really gotten me hyped up for football season, guys. I am so excited. <laughs> And I know Dinger is too. I think uh, we can tell Dinger. Oh, come quicker! But before Dinger has a uh, a mental breakdown or comes in his pants, let's let's call it call it a night, guys. Uh, Cardi, thank you for coming on. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners before? We yes, go? yes. I've actually been thinking of this, and I wanted my final thoughts this whole episode. Okay. Okay. So my my final thoughts on this are to everybody who voted for Snake Draft. I just want to say. Think about the fact that we could have had Dinger as the auctioneer for this draft, and you guys screwed that up. But it would have been five, would have been five, but five, but five, but five, would have been five, but ten, but a bit of ten, we could have had you ten, because twenty, twenty, would have been twenty-five, twenty-five, would have been forty, would have been fifty, twenty-five, almost fifty-five. Thank you, Dinger. You are correct, Cardi, and but you know I'm very, very. Confused as to why you don't like the snake draft style, actually, because you know, as the old proverb says, <laughs> birds of a feather flock together and snakes of a same rattle rattle together. So, <laughs> Is that what they say? That's what they say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TUF Podcast. If you want to get on the show, hit us up in our DMs, subscribe to our page. This is all for Totally Uncalled For. Peace out. Peace out! Let's go football!